When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies, and today we're going to talk about how to prepare for and recover from a cesarean. So to have this conversation, I have Amy Morrison. Let me tell you a little bit about Amy. She is the founder of Pregnant Chicken, a popular online resource for expectant and new parents. After struggling to find reliable information during her own pregnancies, Amy decided to create a website that would provide straightforward and humorous advice to other parents-to-be. Amy's down-to-earth and relatable approach to parenthood has won her a loyal following, and her writing has been featured in numerous publications. She lives in Toronto with her husband and her two boys. And I think this conversation is important for those that are planning on having a cesarean. Of course, for those not planning, we go over what to expect during a cesarean and how to create a cesarean birth plan. We say that in quotes because as we know, some things that you plan may not happen, but it's really about opening a conversation of expectations with your care provider. And I know I talk a lot about that during a vaginal birth, but it's equally important for a cesarean, especially if you'd like to have it be more of a gentle family-centered cesarean, having that conversation ahead of time. Amy also talks about how to prep for the night before if you know you're having a cesarean, what to wear to the hospital, what to do once you get there. And then, of course, we talk about recovery on the other side. So this is important, again, if you're knowing you're having a cesarean, as well as if you are heading in for vaginal birth, but it may take a turn. So preparation, being confident as you head in, I always believe is important. Now, before we head into that conversation with Amy, I just want to take a moment. And as always, I just like to thank you. Thank you as the listener for supporting PYC and Yoga Birth Babies. And if you haven't already, I would so appreciate if you could take a moment and leave a rating and review so that people can find us. I also want to invite you that if you're a listener and you think you have a wonderful story to share, your birth story, or you're a birth expert and you want to, or a parent expert or a breastfeeding expert, and you want to share your expertise, please apply on our website because I love learning new things and I know our community does too. This curiosity for finding out more information to share is just something that drives me. And then if you are someone that has an idea, of course, please share that with me as well. And then last little thing I want to share about the studio. Uh, We are up and running and going. So we have classes online seven days a week, classes in studio six days a week. We've got all our workshops right now that are in studio have a matching component of an on-demand workshop. I'm so excited we finally got to that point. And then of course, we've got our teacher training. So if you're a yoga teacher that wants to take a deep dive with me, check 
check all that out on our website. We've got in-person in New York City, and we've also got online. And we have our once a year postpartum teacher training coming up in the late spring. Everything can be found on our website, prenatalyogacenter.com. All right, friends, we're going to take a super quick break. When we come back. Please enjoy my conversation with Amy. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good, Deb. How are you? I'm doing great today. I am so excited to talk to you about preparing for a cesarean because as you and I were talking about before we press record, I don't think a lot of people think a lot about what to do on the beforehand side. And I think this is really practical information. So I'm so excited. So thank you. Oh, well, thanks for having me. So let's jump in and I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and how did you get into the pregnancy world and how did you start? I love the name of your website, Thank you. Pregnant Chicken. So <laughs> let's, go, let's go over all of that. Well, it's memorable. So that's a, yeah, that's a good name for it. Um, well, I mean, the reason essentially that I started the site is after the birth of my two children, I found that when I was researching everything, I was just terrified and I couldn't get a straight answer on things and everything was just, you know, ask your doctor. And it was like, you know, I just wanted some reasoning behind everything. And I was a Googling fiend. So I always say that I was a chicken when I was (laughs) pregnant and that I was a pregnant chicken. And so um, that's how the site came to be. That is hilarious. I did not realize that was how the name came about. And so tell me a little bit about you. Where are you from? How many kids do you have? I have two boys and they are now teenagers, which Mm. is insane. That flew by so quickly. And my husband and I live with them in Toronto. I thought I heard a little Canadian. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, because I was, I was saying Toronto, I was like going, yes, I should say Toronto. Cause that will not give me away. <laughs> no true Torontonian when they, they dropped the, the T. You said something where I had like that out sound. I'm like, yeah. Oh. One of my co-teacher trainees is from, uh, from, I don't know where in Canada, but as she was speaking, I'm like, I just love how Canadians speak. So my ear is very attuned to that. Yeah. And it's funny whenever I go to like a conference or something like that, people will be like, are you from the Midwest? And I'm like, no, actually I'm Canadian, but (laughs) close. All right. So let's jump in. So, all right. So since we're talking about scheduled cesareans, we can go into what to plan ahead of time. So what are, because if it's a unscheduled, then they may not think about this. There's no plan for that. Yeah. But I do think some of this is still good for, you know, just kind of getting a sense because we're going to talk about how long a cesarean is. So I think for the most part, this can apply some of it to everybody. So those that can plan ahead of time, what are some of the things they should prep beforehand to make life with a newborn and recovering a bit easier? Well, I think regardless of what kind of birth you have, I, I think you're always smart to set up ahead of time for recovery. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, there's no easy way to get a baby out of you. So, you know, be prepared to not feel great uh, on the other side of it. Now, hey, you may feel amazing. And if you do, great. And so you, you know, just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a C-section in particular is is surgery. So you're not, you know, going to be bouncing around and running up and down stairs a lot. So if you have that kind of mindset thinking I am having a surgery and it might be difficult for me to get in and out of bed, it might 
um, be a great idea to prepare some meals ahead of time or have some really comfy clothes or get somebody in to walk the dog, you know, those Mm -hmm. kind of things that I think, you know, if you look around at your day to day and you sort of say, would I be able to do this after uh, a major surgery? Yeah, I think because cesareans are very common, at least in the U.S., it's about 30, 30% of Mm -hmm. people that have a baby have a cesarean. And I think because of how common it is, I don't think people realize it is still major abdominal surgery. It is. It is. And I think because it's it's common doesn't mean that it's easy, you know, and it's like... Um, and that's just birth across the board too. I mean, I think because, and often I know with my C-section, I, uh, went home the next day. And so I think there's this perception that it's like, well, if you're, if your hospital stay wasn't that long, it must not be a big deal, but it's like, it's, it's pretty, um, it's, it is a big deal, you know? Can I jump in and ask you, since you did say you had a cesarean, what was your other side like? What was your healing and process of just becoming a new parent while just having had a cesarean like? I know it was yeah. teen years ago, but still. Just... Yeah, exactly. It was many moons ago. <laughs> but it's like, well, out of my two births, my first birth was an unplanned C-section. Okay. And then my second birth was a VBAC. And so... um I had no idea what to expect with either. And I found actually the C-section, I found my C-section recovery actually really good. I didn't have any complications. Um, I wasn't progressing. So it wasn't an emergency, but it was like, I think it's time to, you know, get this party started kind of thing. And I I found my recovery was really good. I I think that, you know, I was slow moving, obviously, and and not feeling uh, great. But I think, you know, for most people, when you, you know, gotten a person out of you, it's not the best feeling in the world after, you know. Um, But it was fine. I found for me, the only thing that was really, I wish I thought more ahead, head about was um, the carrier that I had my son in is that Mm. his legs kind of dangled down and his little feet were in perfect alignment with my C-section incision. And Mm. so that I kind of wish I had thought a little more ahead about uh, what kind of carrier I had and, you know, or I wish I'd had a carrier option, like I borrowed one off a friend or something like that. Um, you know, whether it's a, a, just a higher carrier or a a sling or something like that. So that the baby was a teeny bit higher. I kind of wish I'd had that foresight. That is really smart. I hadn't even, as much as I've been in this world of, you know, perinatal, I hadn't even considered the carrier. I know like when someone's, if someone chooses to breastfeed, they'd want to do like the football hold, um, because of the incision, but it really never occurred to me. The carrier. Yeah. As you were saying that I'm like, of course the little feet are right down there. Oh, so this is, see, this is why I want this conversation, practical information. (laughs) All right. So let's jump to what are some things somebody should prep the day or night before? Well, if you know you're having a C-section, I think the, the main thing is to know where you're going. Because, uh, of course, with a hospital, um, it may be a little bit of a maze to get in there. And, and just so you understand where you're going, mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be, what kind of forms, your insurance, all that good stuff. Smart. Um, and then 
A big one is don't eat ahead of time. And anybody who has given birth, a lot of times you will know that they they won't feed you on the off chance that you do have to have uh, a C-section because it's surgery and you don't want to have any food in your stomach because if, um, you know, you can aspirate, it's, it's dangerous. And it's one of those things that I think a lot of people roll their eyes at and sort of say like, ah, whatever, that this won't hurt or whatever. I'm just going to have a bowl of cereal. It's like, don't eat before you go in for surgery. Um, the other, well, this is a different type of surgery though, because other surgeries people are put out like they're in general. This is, this is local, but still, I know that they're concerned that should something turn, then they do need to put you under general. Yes. Yes. So it is, it absolutely, you're right. And, and I should preface this with saying that every provider is different and every provider is going to say, yeah, don't worry about it. Or, you know, so don't, don't go into this going, well, pregnant chicken said this. Because <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, every provider might have a different, you know, and, and they might be like fine with it, but just be mindful if they do tell you not to eat or you shouldn't be eating. Um, you know, listen to them. Uh, the other thing is, uh, I wouldn't, uh, don't shave anything. I think, you know, anybody who is in a, um, you know, hospital setting will say like, we have seen it all. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about hair. Don't worry about anything like that. And anything that you're doing uh, around where you might be having an incision, uh, they will deal with it before you go in. Mm. So don't, um, don't shave anything. Don't worry about it. Um, trying to think, uh, you know, before the night before, uh, if you take, if you want to take a shower because probably the day of, um, you, you probably, you might not have time to take a shower or just take a shower before, before you go in, because you might not have another one for a little while. So I, that was my personal thing that I like to have, uh, get some sleep if you can, which is a a tall order when it's, um, (laughs) when you're, you know, pregnant. Cause it's like, I found for the last three months of both my pregnancies, I didn't sleep at all. And I mean, I guess the other thing is just take, take your hospital bag as if you are having a, you know, a birth, you are getting a person out of you. So take a hospital bag and expect to stay, um, you know, at least overnight. As I said, in my case, I actually went home the next day and I, I was there to go. That is so interesting. And maybe that's different in Canada. I know in the U S unless things have changed, maybe Mm -hmm. they've changed, but usually it's at least two nights. It could have changed. Um, especially um, during COVID, they might be like, get out now. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Things have changed. They're, yeah, they're pretty eager to get you out. And I think, uh, I think it is standard up here for two days as well. Um, again, I can't speak to that <laughs> exactly. like, why did I leave so early? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think, I mean, for me, it was essentially my doctor came in and said, look, you, you are, you seem to be fine. You seem to be happy. Everybody's okay. Um, if you want to go home, you can. And if you want to stay, you can. And I thought to myself, you know what? It was it was noisy. I wasn't getting any sleep. I was kind. I felt gross. I was just like, I feel like I'd feel better at home. Mm-hmm. So we went home, and it was pretty good. So, I mean, again, I live in Toronto, so I'm close to the hospital. I don't know if I would feel the same way if I if I lived three hours from a hospital. Mm-hmm. I might be like, no, thank you. I will stay where the medical professionals are, but. 
Um, yeah, but it wasn't, I felt, I felt pretty good. And in fact, I think I had an easier recovery from my C-section than I did from my, my VBAC. Like I think Mm. I had a, a faster recovery. Oh, interesting. So let's talk about, you mentioned the scar. Um, when you were talking about your son's little feet, mm-hmm. what about where, what to wear coming out of the situation? Yeah. I mean, comfort is key and high-waisted things are probably your best bet. So high-waisted underwear, high-waisted pants that are comfy, you know, this is not what you know, regardless of the birth you're having, this is not the time to wear pre bring in your pre-pregnancy jeans. Um, you know, something soft and comfy that is high so that you can avoid any kind of incision. You'll probably leave with bandages and an incision and that kind of thing. And, um, so you just want everything to be loose and kind of comfy around it. That makes a lot of sense. And it's funny, I had a student who knew she was having a cesarean. I told her we're going to have this conversation, so she's excited to hear it. But one thing she didn't realize is that even after, and it doesn't matter how somebody births, belly birth or vaginal birth, you still bleed for four to six weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. pre- those listening, be prepared for for the incision healing, but also for bleeding. So I like that idea of comfy clothes. because yeah. And, and you're wearing like the granny off. to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you feel like you should be able to skip that with a C-section. It's like, <laughs> nope. Nope. Got to clean that uterus out. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about, not from a medical advice point of view, but let's talk about how to keep a cesarean a little bit more intimate. So we've already talked about getting to the hospital the night before. Now we're going to talk about the actual C-section. Okay. We're going to be right back. Okay. So we are back. So one thing I like to talk about in my prenatal classes, my prenatal yoga classes is the idea that yes, we've talked about cesareans or surgery, but it's still a birth. It's still the birth of your child. And there Mm -hmm. are ways to make it more intimate or some people call it gentle cesarean or a family cesarean. So what are some ways to make the cesarean more family-centered experience? Well, I think with anything and with any birth, I think it's really important to speak with the person who is, you know, your medical professional that is helping you get this person out of you because they, there will be lots of options. I mean, there's, you know, something called a a gentle C-section where you can have like dim lights and there can be music and you can have the screen lowered so that you can see what's going on. And so let's, let's make sure people understand not the whole time. No, no, exactly. Exactly. No, exactly. But it's like, uh, well, and frankly, I don't think I'd want to see what was going on. My husband did. And he was like, Oh, wow, we're, we're getting, we're getting into the nitty gritty, but there are times where you can have a, you know, you can see a little more of what's going on, but yeah, as the baby emerges, they it, can pull it down. Exactly. And it's sort of, and things like skin to skin contact and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's, it's important to have an open conversation with your medical provider to see what kind of options are available to you and what, you know, you would like to have. And I think it's like any birth, 
it's good to have a discussion and like a quote, I always say quote unquote birth plan because it's like sometimes people, you know, take birth plan as like a birth script. Like this is what's going to happen. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it can change a lot, but it's really great to have that discussion ahead of time to find out what kind of options are available to you and what you'd like to have your birth look like. Mm -hmm. I love that idea about the music. Um, I had a student tell me she brought in music because she was very overwhelmed and the music was going to help center her. And then Mm -hmm. I guess at one point she just told everyone to stop talking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they listened. She didn't give me the the other side, but I do know that is actually not a bad thing because if you're concentrating and I can imagine again, I haven't had Uh, a cesarean for either of my kids. But as a doula, I did sit into two of them and it can get kind of chatty on the other side. So I don't know like why she, I don't know if she just couldn't concentrate. I don't know if it was just too much, but she's just, she said, she just yelled at them to be quiet. So (laughs) I think that's something I hadn't really thought of that until she shared that. But I do think that's something as you're just kind of adding to your list of things to talk with the care provider about beforehand it is somebody's birth. They may be having a lot of feelings about, I mean, it's their birth about what's happening. And if it's not necessary conversation, still honor that there's a person that there, it's not just a belly there, there's having access to, it's like the whole person. So, you know, that could be part of the birth plan. Do we want extraneous talking? Um, Does the person want to have music with them? I I really like that you mentioned that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and again, it's, it is, it's, it's almost like this combination. It's this merging of things that it is, it is a medical surgery. So I don't, I mean, I don't think you could request silence. No, (laughs) but I mean, I think it's extraneous conversation. (laughs) Exactly. You couldn't request candlelight because it's sort of like (laughs) not a great idea. But you know, I, I think that it's like, you know, when you're speaking with these medical, a medical provider, they're going to be able to say to you, Hey, yeah, we could do this. Or sure. We could accommodate that. Or they could say, no, we can't. And this is why. And so that you're going in and I, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in knowledge is power and it makes you feel more confident about, I I mean, I think it's important for anyone to feel very good about the birth that they're having. Mm -hmm. And so anytime that you, you know, you have a better understanding or a clearer view of what's going to happen, I think you're going to feel better going into it. Mm -hmm. And I think you also mentioned the skin to skin, because I think sometimes people don't realize they can have skin to skin with their baby, even though the person that's just birthed their arms are usually at least one of them's tethered down um, Mm -hmm. because of medication. But if the person that birthed can't have skin to skin, if there's a partner, the partner can do it. So just kind of setting that up because I've also had students say they wanted to have skin to skin, but they felt really nauseous um, from the medication. Some felt a little shaky. So having that backup plan that maybe the partner can open up their shirt and have some skin to skin. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had you know, and I can only speak from my experience, but I had like severe shakes after my C-section and, um, I, it, strangely enough, both my arms were free. And so, oh, interesting. I, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was interesting. And, um, 
they did sort of bring him up to me, but I was, I was shaking so violently that I'm like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I've seen him, you know, thank you. And the whole thing was still too surreal for me too, that I was like, you know, I couldn't believe that this baby that they were, I thought they just pulled a baby out from the back of the room or something <laughs> like that. You know, it was sort of like, it was just so, yeah, it was so surreal to me. And I was just to my husband, I was just like, just go follow the baby. Right. Because <laughs> like, don't worry about me, go follow the baby. And, you know, and he got to hold them and he got to bond with them and it was wonderful. Um, but it That's was still, a good point. That's yeah. a really good point about if baby needs attention for any reason, then if there's a partner, the partner can go. I like that. Let's add that to the, the C-section birth plan where like a parent, if possible, can be with the baby. Yeah. And I, and I felt, I felt so sorry for my husband too, because you could tell, you know, both of us were like, okay, we're going in, we're having this C-section. And then once he, you know, once the baby was there, it was like, both of us were like, well, now what are we supposed to do? Where is he supposed to go? And he was like split between, well, do I stay with my Mm. wife or do I go with this baby? And I was like, go with the baby. But, um, yeah, those are all really good things to think about. It's like, like, where do you go? And, you know, who do you stick with? And, all that kind of stuff too. Well, you know what just popped into my head because again, I get I feel like my students educate me more than anything else. But one of my students said she was in recovery. Her husband and baby were together somewhere and she was just waiting for hours and her husband was waiting separately and they both didn't know why they weren't together. And she finally asked a nurse and the nurse was like, oh yeah, I know your, your husband and baby should have been here a while ago. <laughs> so that is, she was, she was kind of angry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really pissed to be honest. And yeah. so, I think that's another thing to, in the conversation is when, if they are separated, when are they supposed to see each other again? I hadn't thought of that one. Yeah. And there is, I find, you know, and again, this is just from my experience, but there was a little bit of a drop off that there was a lot of explanation about what's going to happen going in about the procedure and the surgery and all that kind of stuff um, that I was clear on. But then once he arrived, it was sort of like, okay. And, and they all took off with him and I wasn't quite sure where he was going. Uh, This is my baby. And uh, you know, that's why I said to my husband, go follow the baby. But I wasn't clear on where we were going because he seemed to be um, taken off somewhere. And then I was taken back to the room and to be honest, I can't even, no, he must've been handed to my husband and my husband followed me back into the room. So I don't think there was that big, um, split at any time, but I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't sure where, where we were going. Was I supposed to do anything? You know, it's, it was a bit of a mystery. So those are good questions to ask. I really like this because now hopefully those listening are taking notes about questions. Yeah, it's open conversations, so expectations are understood. So let's talk a little bit about the recovery. So what's happening during the recovery from the C-section? Well, I mean, you, again, you've had abdominal surgery. So they have gone through muscle, they have gone through lots of stuff. So you are going to feel pretty sore and tender in that area. Um, and so things like that, anything that requires a lot of abdominal muscles, so picking things up or, um, 
lifting your legs up and those sort of things. Actually, it's uh, until you've had a C-section, you don't realize just like, wow, I use my muscles for a lot of like my abdominal muscles for a lot of things. And, you know, things like driving and uh, picking up another toddler, you know, a toddler or something like that. You have to be mindful of those things. So, um, you know, and holding your incision, like if you cough, you know, like just putting your pressure and your hand over the incision, like when you cough or sneeze or anything like that, it are all things to be mindful of. And just to, you know, be taking it easy. So the, the less you can do, the better. I never had a C-section, but I did have abdominal surgery. I had quite a huge hernia that needed to be repaired. Uh, and so it did. It wasn't a horizontal cut. It was a vertical cut, so a little yeah. different than a C-section. But I remember the first time. So I had been doing almost like the C-section things, like us keeping an eye on the scar, making mm-hmm. sure it didn't have, it wasn't hot or oozing, yeah. um, no fever. And every time I coughed, I put a pillow in my belly yeah. or sneezed. And I remember the first time it was with after my second child i remember being on the playground a couple weeks after and i had to sneeze and i swear i thought the incision was going to rip open like oh. it is it didn't it was fine um, yeah. <laughs> but that idea like that intra-abdominal pressure into that incision ooh that was something i i forgot about the idea of until you started talking like it brought me back to that yeah. surgery recovery um bracing with that pillow Bracing is the perfect word for it because it's like, you know, it is, um, you do feel like a little bit of a, you know, like the pop and fresh containers, you know, (laughs) that it's sort of like, I don't want to blow anything out here when I'm doing anything, you know, and it's like, which again, is the same for, you know, a regardless of birth, you know, it's sort of like you are going to be tender somewhere, you know, and yeah, that definitely comes with the C-section. Yeah. I remember having, so my daughter was like maybe three months old when I had my abdominal surgery and I had to have, I couldn't reach into the bassinet anymore and pick her up and bring her to bed when I needed to feed her at night. I had to literally have my husband bring her to me. I was really surprised that, like you said, lifting anything was just, it was too much for my body at that time. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's like, I mean, the, the great thing about having it, if this is your first child, that it's like, you're going to have a fairly small infant. So you're going to probably have like a, a a bassinet or something that is, is a little closer to you. Mm -hmm. But certainly like if you, I mean, that is a good thing to look at is your crib situation or the sleeping situation. Are you going to have to bend over a lot to pick this baby up? Um, because that will be challenging after you've had a C-section. Yeah. And have somebody, if you're sitting, breastfeeding, have someone bring the baby to you. These are a lot of things to consider. So I'm hoping those that are listening are starting to feel a little more confident that this is what's to come. And like any type of postpartum is about preparing. Yeah. And preparing to put it in park for a long time time you know <laughs> like as long as you can you know what i mean it's like i think there is and i don't know if this is a a society thing or um you know something that we've gotten from tv and movies that this impression that you just you know you have a baby and then you're up and at them again and 
it really is in the best interest of for everybody to take it really down and take it really easy after you give birth, regardless of how you've given birth. Yes. And so I think with a C-section, you, you know, thinking to yourself, like what, you know, and back to like walking the dog, you know, probably don't want to be walking the dog the day after. Like, that's not to say like you're not going outside or you're bedridden or anything like that, but you want the ability to take it easy or the ability to sort of say, okay, like, yeah, I can handle that. Or like, no, I prefer not to do that because mm-hmm. I'm not feeling great. So, you know, having your freezer loaded with some food that you can just pop in the microwave or something like that mm-hmm. is a lot nicer than having to get up and sort of figure out what you're going to eat for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. One thing I want to throw out there for some reason it popped into my head about, I know that after a C-section, you get like a gentle belly band because I had one after my hernia surgery. Mm. And uh, after that, I worked with a pelvic floor and abdominal uh, PT. So I want to throw that out there for folks too, that even if you didn't birth vaginally, because you're talking about C-sections, sure. floor still had all that weight. And then by cutting the fascia, that can also affect the pelvic floor. So I am a huge, and then learning how to do scar mobilization. Yeah. So working with a physical therapist or someone that can give you some assistance. So if we're adding, I'm just going to, things that I didn't, no. didn't even think about are popping into my head. Yeah. So we're adding these to the cesarean postpartum prep list. Yeah. And I mean, to your point about the band, which is a fantastic point, I think a lot of people have the um, notion that it's about like, like a Kardashian, like waist trainer thing, you know, it's like, no, (laughs) they're really like, or it's a, um, yeah, cosmetic thing. And it's like, no, and it's not, they're fantastic. And they're, yeah, they're definitely not thick like that. It's more of a support because your core stabilizers have been um, turned off momentarily. Yeah. Go back to the pop and fresh container. (laughs) (laughs) You want to hold it all in. So it's like, yeah. And it it feels good. It feels good to be supported. It's not restrictive at all. They're they're really helpful. It's not a waist trainer. No, exactly. It's not a waist trainer. And so, I mean, they are amazing. And like you said, like, uh, you know, pelvic floor therapy is incredible. I think everybody who needs it should have it. it. It's, you know, I completely underutilized by people. And I think it's so, it's so incredible to, you know, like you said, a, ma- a recovery from something major. Yes. Okay. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, what is one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer at new and expectant parents? Now you can pull from the fact that you are a parent, but you can also pull from the fact that for how many years has pregnant chicken been around? I mean, many, Yeah, over 10 now. Over 10. So you know a thing about the perinatal world. So you can decide where you want to pull from, but we're going to be right back. Okay, we are back. So what is one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents? Oh, that is so hard, you know, because it's like, there's so many things. I think every parent who has had, you know, a baby and and down the road you sort of wish that you could take the wisdom that you have 
you know, down the road and grant it to every new parent mm-hmm. because it's so at the time it's so overwhelming and it feels so big at the time. And I think, I mean, it's such a cliche and I hate to even say it, but I mean, to just, uh, you know, enjoy it and just take, take it as easy as you can. And I think this goes back to like, um, what I said before is I think that people are under the impression that you have to get up and you have to go visit people and you have to go to, you know, baby and me classes and you need flashcards and you need, you know, I would say if I had to do it again, I would do none of that. I would tell people don't come over (laughs) and I would binge watch TV on the couch and just sit there with the baby and just recover. And I think that so often, because, you know, it is exciting and people want to meet the baby and see the baby and, you know, come over and chitty chat with you. But I was tired. I felt gross. And I don't think, you know, meeting a baby or visiting a baby is a privilege, not a right. And I think that as a parent, you have to remember that and you have to set your boundaries and you have to take care of, you know, the new little family that you have and really treat that, you know, postpartum time as a really precious, intimate time that you set the rules for. Mm. And, you know, there might be people who are a little butthurt about it, but it's like, you know, it, it, it flies by so quickly that I think, um, you know, you'll, you'll be up and at them and there's plenty of time for that stuff. There's plenty of time for visiting. There's plenty of time to, you know, go grocery shopping and all that stuff. And so I would say like, just treat it as if this is a little, um, very insulated time in your life and to treat it like that. I like that. Like a little internal retreat of just the new family. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And it's like, you know, and it's, it's a very emotional time too. Like, I mean, you know, like highs and lows, you know, and like, I mean, I can only speak from personal experience, but I felt really weepy and gross and hot. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's so hot after I gave birth. A lot birth, of night you know? sweats, yes. <laughs> night sweats. It's like, those are the things that nobody tells you about too. It's say, I just felt icky. And I was like, I don't want to entertain. I don't want, you know, and people, and before I had my son, I was like, oh yeah, as soon as the baby's born, like everybody come to our house and you'll have a, you know, we'll have a meet and greet kind of thing. And I was like, soon as I got home, I was like, oh no, that is not happening. Like <laughs> I do not feel like that. So, I mean, I would sort of, you know, assume that you're going to have some really good downtime. And I always say when you f- first have a baby, um, only have people around you who you feel comfortable yelling at. <laughs> <laughs> or who you feel comfortable having your boobs out around. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, they're not always the same people. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I remember I was I was in New York City when I had my kids, and we had my first apartment that we were in was 500 square feet, and that's generous. Yeah. And I mean, it was probably less. And I was in the bedroom, and my father-in-law walked by while I was trying. So my son was probably just days old, and we're just yeah. figuring out breastfeeding. And he had to use the bathroom, which is right off our bedroom. He put his hands by his eyes. He's like, I don't see anything. I don't yeah. see anything. And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to cover up like this is 
this is it. This is what I know. Oh, yeah. Like the people, the amount of people who saw my boobs in the first like month of my son's life, it was astounding. Down to like delivery guys at the door. Like, I'm like, (laughs) I like, I had no pride. I was just like, like all the, it was so, it was very liberating at the same time. It's just like, I have no dignity. And it's sort of like, and I don't care. And it was just like, yeah, whatever. This is how here they are. Yeah. Thanks for the flowers. Have a great day. I actually, I totally right. My friend Heather, luckily she doesn't listen to this, so she won't kill me. But she, so she had her son years before I even considered having kids. And I remember going to her house, brand newborn, and I was there to help because I'd been a doula. So I'm like, I I can help. She shows up at, she opens her door. She was, you know, the um the breast bill breastfeeding pillow. I think it's called my breast friend. It's like a Velcro and it straps to. So she answers the door with it strapped to her and her boobs just like hanging on. And I'm like, and here we are. And here (laughs) we are. And I think if you are in that zone, in that mindset, you're in a, you know, that's, it's real now, you know, (laughs) it's real. It was something. So where can people find your work? You can find me at pregnantchicken.com and then on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, all the good ones uh, at Pregnant Chicken. Uh, no weird spelling, all one word. Will and you share a little bit about Pregnant Chicken and what you offer? Because it is such a robust site. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, what I wanted to have was a site where, uh, you know, you get all, it's almost like a best friend just telling you, oh, I know this. I'll, this is the information you're going to need to ask somebody, uh, ask a medical professional this, or these are the things that you want to have. Um, these are the best high chairs or something like this. This is where you want to start looking. So I almost like to think of myself as a guide, you know, a pregnancy and new parenthood guide to sort of point you in the right direction and, you know, not judge you or, or tell you, you must never or whatever, um, and just keep it friendly and keep it light because I think it's a space where people could get really serious and it can get really scary and really overwhelming. And it should be a really fun, exciting time in a person's life. Mm-hmm. And so I try to treat it like that. Amy, I've had so much fun talking to you. Thank you for coming on. And just like you said, just like a friend giving you some advice, we shared some ways to prepare for cesarean and and the postpartum of it. So thank you so much. Oh, well, thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.